well. If it isn't two new fishermen come in from the town. And here I am, the Collector. Yes, Collector, you're quite isolated here on this otherwise deserted island with your manor, but we hear that you can give us some clarity, some clues as to the reality that we live in if we fulfill some tasks for you. Yeah, and we're, we're open to yes. anything, yeah. Of course. I, I, I understand that it is a mysterious time, but if you can present me with five relics, then I can provide you the answers you seek. First, head into the town of Little Marrow and go to the bar on the cliffside. Okay. See if you can find a very mysterious wallet. It's it's a fold-over wallet. Brown on the outside. So is it like an black. ancient sort of like... No, yeah, no. This is a, a, a mariner who is marooned it's a, it's centuries a, no, ago? It, this is a wallet from about a year and a half ago, slightly worn. And behind the bar will be an open tab. Pay for the tab, sign hey, the bill, hang on. and then bring me the wallet. Who's, uh, sorry, just to, whose name is the, will the tab be under so I yeah. know which one to do? The second... The second relic. Is it relic. your name? Because I'm thinking it's the your name. The second relic okay. is somewhere in between the bars and the dock. The bar and the dock. Okay. That's quite a, a lot of ring, ground. A ring of keys. Three keys. A front door key. A bicycle key. And a, a, another key that's for a... It's a storage locker at the at the post office. Okay. okay. See if you can track down those keys. I, I just want to clarify. These are like ancient relics. Yeah, these are like no, ancient no, 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 keys. No. I'm detecting a pattern here. Nick, I don't know if you're also picking up on this. Yeah, this sounds like if you're talking stuff. about the... Oh, I mean, to be honest, I clocked that this was, this was his stuff like immediately. But once just, he said wallet, I, I should be like, this I is probably just it. his wallet. And then, yeah, the more details. What about... A mysterious pocket watch, frozen in time. Okay, here we go. Telling, uh, telling the time when it was perhaps dropped in between the bar and the docks. Okay, so it is just still one of <laughs> one of his things, and yeah, it sounds thing, like right? if I'm piecing this night together, he had he he you tied one on. It sounds like. And I guess threw your stuff all over the place. What do you even oh, do at the twenty-four hour fitness? Because you're in rough shape. Oh, all right, so yeah, you look so like shit. if you have all the answers, then perhaps you don't even need. You don't need to find any relics. Maybe maybe you're you're too good for it. No, I no, I need to I need to understand who I am, why I'm here. Then bring me the wallet, the coat, the keys, the pocket watch, and my phone. My cell phone <laughs> like is somewhere phone? at it's I think it may either be at the movie theater. Do you wanna just just here, just just put your number into my phone and then just call it and maybe we'll we'll see if we get a clue as to where it is. All right, it's five, five. I'll no, put your put your number into my. Hand I'm handing you hand my me, phone. Thank there you. There you go. Just put where it. Where did it go? Did you type where did it go into my phone? <laughs> That's not gonna help. It's not. Type in your number and then dial your number. What? Which feet? 
All right. So what? Which what part of this? Here, put the put, write down the num. Do you see the the, the keypad here? I brought it up just the numpad. Oh, I can't believe yeah. this is the confusing part to you. <laughs> so you can. This keyboard just goes away when it wants. God damn it! it you, you. How are you alive? <laughs> That's my question. We fish sharks out of lava and are driven mad by the endless sea as we play you play indie horror fishing game Dredge this week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premier video game podcast, where we're talking about the game that you played, and we played, and we all played together, Dredge. Maybe it didn't play it. That's okay. You can still listen. Don't stop listening to the episode if you didn't play it. Yeah, I I don't want you to hear that and be like, I didn't listen. I didn't play. I didn't play. And then turn it off. Don't do that. Nick. Yeah. Nick. Nick. Mm -hmm. Could could you say if I said, "Welcome back, Chum Bucket," or "Welcome back, Bait Bucket"? Okay. Do you think you could just say the word "dredge"? Just say the word "dredge," like the way you would say uh, "edge." Oh, that's good. I forgot I used to say that. Yeah, right, so, I, I could do that. Right. And can we call you Dr. Edge for this episode? Uh, yeah, you can call me Dr. Edge, yeah. honestly, indefinitely okay, 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 from this great. point forward. This guy's Dr. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he won't stop doing it. Yeah. So, well, wait, so, do, should Matt change? Should Matt be like, ahoy, everyone? Or I was something? literally about to say, Ooh, should I say, good. ahoy, everyone? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like that we did this part of the show, and I'm going to leave this part in, and now we're going to do it again. <laughs> But different. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> All right, great. So I'm Wait. starting. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you go first. Well, should, okay, should okay. I just say, it, uh, I'll just, let, let's just do the top of the show again. Okay, great, 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 great. The whole thing, okay. Yeah. We have a great guest, and uh, we'll get to him, but uh, we'll get to I'm him. sorry yeah. that he All has right, to wait through this part, but it's okay. going to be good. Okay. R, welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Tetheron Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here <laughs> with our third host. Oh, shit. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Well, I should do a session. I should do a, a, a seaworthy voice. That's me, the dread pirate Nick Weiger, along with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Yar, ahoy, everyone. Ahoy, everyone, and welcome back, chum bucket. Dredge. That's pretty Let's good. fucking that's pretty go. Good. They're fucking that's going fucking crazy. <laughs> They're going nuts. They yeah, love that. People love it. Should we have done should we have done like piratey names is the thing? Here's the thing. Is that a hat on a hat? We could go, we could do this all day. Things we could have okay. done, things we should have done on the show, things we should have said. You know, and I just think, yeah, maybe it's too much, but uh Yeah, I think 
Hetharg Campbell. Hetharg Campbell is good. Nick Weigarg. Yeah, and Matt Argbadaka. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, we I will just, just say, like, we just did that. We yeah, did it. It's yeah, fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Pirates famously have the name Arg. Yeah, that's when I think of pirates. I think of, like... Yeah, yeah. It's not, like, you know... Blackbeard, uh, Arg, the pirate. Blackbeard and Campbell. Okay, we're on to something. That's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh... Uh... Uh, uh, oh, how about oh, 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 Nick? Uh, one, the uh, no, hmm. Uh, look, we're good. We did it. We're good. Yeah, Nick we're good. Warg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. Our guest is pissed. Our guest I mean, today returned I mean, to the show. At this point, I'm almost pissed. Sorry. I think I'm a little <laughs> mad too, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no one noticed I changed my Zoom username to Doctor Edge. Uh, our uh, guest today returned to the show. Oscar Montana. Our Hi, guest? Oscar. Oh, yes. That's so good. Hey. Hi, Oscar. Welcome back. Hi. How's it going? I just noticed you're wearing a Minions t-shirt. Dr. I am. I am wearing, yes. What? My Minions Emotions t-shirt. Oh, they're emotions. I see. It's I like thought, a, the periodic like, table, but of Minions Emotions. Oh. There's so like, many. Are they mug shots? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nick also sense. has one with the, the Trump uh, cabinet's uh, mug shots on it. <laughs> It was a fundraiser. Yeah. <laughs> For what I won't say. Uh, Oscar, thrilled to have you here. I we 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 love having you on the show, and I don't know if we've talked about this in the past. So if we have, I apologize, but I don't recall discussing your WarioWare twisted poster, <laughs> which no. is in your background. Yes, yes, yes. No, we the, I I have moved to a different place and I have an office now, which is very exciting. Sick as hell. And crazy and like, whoa, adults have offices. Uh, but the joy of uh, putting stuff in, in the office is putting uh, children's video games on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is one of, that's absolutely it. War- I don't so- use this office to do any work. At all. <laughs> <laughs> so WarioWare Twisted was a game I had for Game Boy Advance. I assume you did as well. And, mm-hmm. and it had like the, the cartridge had like a gyromite in it. That's right. So that it detected when you would rotate it. And that sounds like whatever that's what like, my phone does that these days. But back then it was a novelty. It was huge. I mean, come on. Like any game with a peripheral and uh, something that you... <laughs> insert uh oscar <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> sorry i get horny at nine in the morning <laughs> <laughs> no that was that was the joy of it. I, I mean that's it's like essentially why i bought the game because i was like whoa you can put a thing in there that like you could tell if it's moving or not. Yeah. And it was the first warrior wear game that I've ever played. And because of it, I became a lifelong fan of the series. Wow. Did, did you like the most recent one? I can't remember the, the name of the, sub- the subtitle. Get, yeah. get it together. Uh, yeah. Get it together. I did like it. it. It's not as good. The pinnacle of the warrior wear games is the Wii version of it. Smooth moves. Mm. Um, To me, that's like just the best, uh, just the best Warrior War game out there. But I, I like the micro games. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I like figuring out how to play the game and also like beating it in 0.3 seconds. It's fun. <laughs> it's a re- it's a real hoot. And I, I did like the Switch version, although as more time went through, like I was like, I feel like the 
when I when I reflect back on it, it kind of felt some of it felt kind of generic because they the way the way it worked for people who haven't played it is that you had a controllable character in every single uh, mini game, which was a novelty for the series, uh, the new hook of it. But like there were so many playable characters that the level had to work for all their different play styles. So as such, they felt a little bit less tail like. Absolutely. Just the weirdness of like sniffing like a, 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 you know, a snot bubble back into a big nose. You know what I mean? Like it was like less right. of yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, and what I loved about WarioWare Twisted, it was all just like, you know, again, it, it was just the fun of like spinning your your Game Boy Advance and, yeah. and just how how different that was from how every other handheld game played at the time. And Oscar, you were saying that you like a game with the peripheral and that's exactly Heather's favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, is it? Yes, it is. It's my favorite thing. In fact, I heard about a peripheral this week that I'd never heard about before, and I am lightly obsessed with it. Oh. Which is uh, that there was an exercise bike released for the Super NES, and it had two games you could play, and you controlled the games by pedaling the bike. And it was a full-size exercise bike. No and, way. And you played like a mode seven racing game where you biked on the on the bike. And they they also made uh so th- th- that was like a plug in peripheral. But then they also made a full unit that stood on its own and had that monitor a television built into the handlebars and and the Super NES built in so that gyms could purchase this. I think they called it. Enter what? Exertainment, Exert- life exertainment. fitness, exertainment. Yeah, exertainment. Um. So yeah, I'm lightly obsessed. Okay, I need to look at a picture the, of it with the existence of this thing. Um. I can't imagine that there are too many left in working order after all this time. But fuck, that is a cool like. Oof, that's a. Cool I was this only released price. in in Japan? Did it ever make it to the states at all? No, I think it was. I think it was definitely it was, in the states. Yeah, oh. it was American, and it was. I, I'm looking at this right now, and it was endorsed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on, which is wild. Apparently, it retailed for eight hundred dollars in 1994, <laughs> oh, which is effectively oh. the the cost of a Peloton today. Yeah, wow. it's like it's like you know fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, the Whoa. Super NES. Uh, and then the cartridge itself is on eBay for twenty eight hundred bucks since Woo. it's such a rare cart. But you know, if I if I spent the money on the on the bike, I would just put a ROM cart into my Super NES. Like, yeah, it's it's such that. a clunky design. It, it it is so boxy and like kind of it like it looks like if you made a dystopian. Uh, you know, movie in the 70s where like everyone mm-hmm. had to ride bikes to like generate activities like that would be the bike you would use. It like really lo- it does. It looks even dated by 1994 standards. I mean, uh, I'm thinking now, could Peloton have happened without this? Oh, I don't think so. Great question. I don't think so. Whoever invented I'm say, Peloton. I'm say no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. That that person is like, guys, in the 90s, there was a bike you could play with your Super Nintendo. And they're like, shut (laughs) up, nerd. (laughs) I remember there was a there was a game for the Wii called Babysitting Mama. Do you remember this? It's by it's like Cooking Mama's like spinoff. We yeah, I remember, remember all the Mama games. I didn't remember Mama. Babysitting Mama specifically. But it came with an actual baby that you had to like take care of. 
And you just shoved the Wii controller into the baby. Wait, oh, no. oh no. Yeah, yeah, and had to take it. And the, the baby looked really um, scary. I remember that. Okay, here's the terrifying baby that uh, Oscar thinks is so scary. It is a- <laughs> it's weird looking. It is weird looking. It is at least a, a plush baby. I was expecting like a hard oh. plastic baby, but it is at least a... It- it looks a Soft little bit baby. like it just has a lump of shit on its forehead. Yeah, that hair tuft is pretty uh, suspect, if I do say so myself. Yeah, yeah, maybe a different color would have been the right choice for that. Yeah. What color, Nick? Blonde? There he goes again. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, this is a, uh, that's a, that's horrifying. <laughs> I agree with Oscar. I don't like looking at that. Can I can I bring yeah. bring up one thing before we move on from babysitter mama just because I'm looking at the yeah. box art, the box the box art is the baby. It's like the ba- the the plush baby in like a little cradle, uh, and it says the first interactive baby and Wii game together. Wii game included. Par- parenthetical. Look under baby. <laughs> <laughs> look under baby. Look under baby. Baby's just sitting on the Wii game. It's a just a horrific it's full diaper. Yeah, yeah. Look under baby. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's also like the sort of letter a serial killer la- leaves in your living room. Look under, Look under baby. baby. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. A nightmare. I remember the, the commercial to babysitting mama was cursed. It was like a very unhinged commercial. I remember it, it like freaked me out. It freaked me out. And I bought it. You, you bought it. Had it. I had it. I had it. And I think. Uh, I played it once. It was like, I don't like this. This is, I feel very uncomfortable playing this. I was, it was weird. I didn't like it, but honestly, I saw the commercial and was like, this is funny. I think I'm going to buy it because it's, it's a silly game. Like what the fuck is this game? Um, and it's not as fun as you would think a baby, uh, raising a baby game should be it's right. like a Tamagotchi, you know, it was like, okay. And it's not as fun. as cooking mama. Uh, is this the, uh, I'm going to put this commercial in the chat. We can maybe oh, watch yeah, this real let's quick. Watch it. I can't yeah. wait. Yes! Oh my god! Mama delivers a whole new way to play Wii with Babysitting Mama. Yay! Babysitting comes huh. to life. Hold the baby like Mama. As you care for your lovable friend. Perfect! Make baby smile and play. <laughs> Wonderful! What a cutie! Time to burp. Wow, that's great! With 40 wow, that's great! Games like peekaboo and taking pictures. Ah. Play against your friends and see who's the greatest babysitter on your block. Babysitting Mama from Majesco. Ready for everyone. Also available Crafting Mama for Nintendo DS. So game footage is intercut with live action shots of tween girls rocking the baby peripheral. And then there's a shaking component, which is maybe not the best thing to associate <laughs> with a baby game. <laughs> Yeah, you're that's, shaking that's the Wii tough. remote, but it's like it's a. Uh, also, the baby was holding that. the game in the commercial, but as we all that's know, true. the game was under the baby. Yeah, look, you under, to look baby. under the baby. So false advertisement. I felt uh, like sound, you cheated. It sounded a little bit like NoHo Hank in Barry. Yeah, uh, kind of some sort like of vaguely like, European. Yeah, like, whoa, it's baby. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hardcore. <laughs>
before we move on, there were two sort of gaming news things that I thought we should talk about. The first being um, the retirement of Charles Martinet. Yes, it was. It's ambiguous as to what happened exactly. Yeah, it, it, he is being shown the door, perhaps because he is just, you know, hanging it up, perhaps because they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. Well, there was an excellent and like a real uh, sleight of hand pulled by Nintendo in this announcement, yeah. which is that months ago we've seen the footage for Super Mario Wonder. And nobody batted an eye. Then right. <laughs> they announce that Charles is retiring from uh, from the uh, games and is like, and he won't be performing the voice of Mario in Wonder. And none of us at, when Wonder was released was like, Mario sound fucking weird to you. Yeah. Um, to uh, to put that in perspective, um, you know, we had to uh, replace a voice uh, at at Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and there's mm, been... Really haven't heard about this. Um, there's been some... Uh, <laughs> there's been some, um, you know, some trepidation going into the voice, uh, the voices that will be cast. Uh, and <laughs> uh, a trailer was released for season seven mm-hmm. that was all clips from previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And the internet was furious at the sound of the new Rick and Morty. Angry wow. as fuck, <gasps> which is it's just pre-existing footage. Like they're, right. they're just <laughs> surprise, bitch. <laughs> and you know what? He's back. <laughs> uh, this is the statement that Nintendo uh, released. It, uh, it's a tweet from Nintendo of America that I'm reading. It says, we have a message for fans of the Mushroom Kingdom. Please take a look. Very ambiguous. That's already a, a scary statement. Yes. Thank. I, I will say thank God for, you know, I'm not a Mario fan, but I am a fan of the kingdom. So it's good that they address people like yeah, me. They're addressing the kingdom like, at large, <laughs> not just yeah. fans of Mario. Like I'm a Goomba stan all the way. Yeah. I don't know about <laughs> Luigi and et cetera, but <laughs> come on, those coin <laughs> boxes. Hell fucking Yeah. <laughs> and this is the statement from Nintendo. Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It's been an honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date. So why not <laughs> post all of this at once? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the delay on the video makes everything just leads to more speculation, mm. which we're doing it's, now. Maybe by the time this episode is out, we'll have seen the video. I hope so. What is the speculation? What, what, you, what y'all thinking? I, well, there's okay. There's there's you know the really there's the sad possibility that he's he's not that old, but that he's maybe ha- there's some sort of medical issue. There's that that people are speculating that there's the possibility that he asked for too much money, you know, uh. and that that things fell apart that way. But they're still amicable because they maybe they found a co- I, I I and I think there's also just like the possibility that just creatively they were like this guy can't cut it anymore. I, um, but we want to give him a golden parachute. <gasps> yeah. 
which was that he was fucking pissed off when Chris Pratt was the voice of Mario in the movie. That honestly might be it. That's like probably the most yeah straightforward answer. I wonder if he had to audition for the role. Like if they even, you know what I mean? If they even gave him the courtesy to be like, hey, we're thinking of you to do this. Like the They dude were just has, like, nah, fuck off. The dude played Mario for 30 years. Right. And then the first time it's on in movie theaters, it's yeah. some other dude. Yeah. And then the next thing that happens is he's not going to be the voice of Mario anymore. Like that feels to me too. I mean, obviously we have no evidence and it's all speculation, but it feels like a, a really well-timed coincidence. Mm-hmm. I think I think the nice thing is that we can we know he's not canceled because if he was canceled, then he wouldn't continue to be the brand ambassador. Exactly. Yeah. So that's true. That's comforting. Unless they're doing something really interesting. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, the video is going to be Miyamoto walking up to a man who's black bagged and bound to a chair and just <laughs> shooting him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want your Mario? Bam. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for Miyamoto to release his uh, take on This Is America music video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other thing I thought we should talk about, because we talked about it a little bit on the show, is that the Sony Project Q has been named the PlayStation Portal. Uh, and it's uh, been announced that it will release for $199.99 this year. And according to PlayStation, or to Sony rather, it has no Bluetooth. And you have to buy a, a new set of PlayStation Link compatible headsets if you want to hear audio on it in, in headphones. Uh, it has no local play, not even media playback. No PS5 cloud streaming. And... Uh, it's targeting the same battery life as the DualSense controllers. So this is the um, their remote play device. And that's, it's $200 and it kind of does uh, almost nothing. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. This is dog well, shit. Well, okay, hold on. Uh-oh. I'm going to defend a Sony peripheral that I really, really... I'm, I'm shocked I'm, by this, I, Heather. I, well, I immediately texted you guys, what are they doing? And then yeah. I thought about it for a while. And here's what I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there is future op like that, they, that this is a Trojan horse to get future optional content in games where you use this as a second screen controller. So you're playing on your television, holding the PlayStation portal and then using the touch screen on your portal to do like menu selection or like, yeah. That it's that it's like almost like a a Wii U or like a uh, a a Nintendo DS. I can't wait for uh, Kojima to get his hands on it. Yeah, <laughs> but if it's just literally like you're streaming to a fucking tablet with a PlayStation controller snapped on it, yeah, that's that's a weird, that's weird. The DualSense is already so expensive. And so if we're going to say like, you know, hey, you, we already have like a like a $70, $80 controller for the system itself. But now we have a, a, an additional $200 peripheral or maybe there will ultimately be a cheaper version down the line. There will be a price drop. Or we're going to say that like some games will support this optional, uh, you know, ostensibly portable PlayStation 5, but in practice, it's just another way to control these games. There are go there will be like it, it, there will be like one to two interesting games that you make use of that. But well, it will mostly be just like an 
a, a pointless feature. It, it, it recalls to me the pocket station for the original PlayStation one, wow. uh, which was a, a memory card that had a screen built in. And there were like a few Japanese games that used it. And you could like play the little games on the pocket station. But for the most part, it was not like a well entrenched peripheral. And I, I feel like, I don't know, there's a world where this thing I can, I cannot think of a single play scenario where I would need it. Yeah, but, it feels really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but but also Sony just makes such baffling choices across the board. Like, remember the PS Vita TV? Like what the fuck yeah. were they why would they do that? Why what were they thinking? But also you could use the Vita TV to play Netflix. You can't even use this fucking thing to play Netflix. Oh, no. Yeah, that you can't. It doesn't support Bluetooth. It's just like, look, Nintendo does everything so stupidly. But they eventually <laughs> introduced an update where you can use a Bluetooth headset on a switch. Like, you can't do that. This is this is meant to be to force you to buy another set of headphones. Uh, it's a, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Uh, I'll also say the other thing it made me think of Heather, cause the pocket station was never released in the U S but the VMU was. So for the dreamcast, you know, it was, it was yeah. right. controller and I, and we, we, of course we, I know you and I both were, were dreamcast owners, dreamcast enthusiasts, even that, even that with every dream, like came with every dreamcast controller, uh, was, was not well utilized. That probably was more just like the screen you know, resolution was so low and it was monochrome. There wasn't much you could do with that display, but like, I don't know. I I have a hard time seeing this have legs at all. This is just such a confusing device. Why did they make this? Why didn't they make? So, okay. Well, we're talking about the VMU. We're talking about second screen possibilities. Why doesn't Sony, who Sony makes cell phones. Why don't they make a PlayStation branded cell phone that snaps into your fucking controller, becomes a second screen for your PlayStation, and is this device, and then you can take the phone out and use it. Like, if Sony wanted to convert me from the Apple ecosystem, a PlayStation phone that was somehow compatible with PS5 games would be, I mean, that would be a, that that's a huge garden that they could bring people into. That's a great idea. Crazy. Trademark it no, right away. No, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. They won't. They won't give me. Anyway, <laughs> it just seems like it, it, it's not like I'm asking a company that doesn't have a cell phone division to develop a cell phone. I'm just right. asking them to brand it and create right. a controller that snaps into it and then streams content from your PS5 to your cell phone. I mean, I think, I think the reason they don't do that is because Sony is Sony. I, I always love the old Onion headline. Uh, Sony releases new stupid piece of shit that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, this this device seems pretty useless, unfortunately. Oh, it's well. a shame. It's a, I would yeah. love a, I would love a PlayStation. I would love a new PSP, a PSP five. Mm, however, they want to brand it. Yeah. That would be great. It'd be so good. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna do? No way. Uh, all right. Well, hey, we're, we're this far into the podcast. We should ask the question that we ask every episode. Uh, what are you playing? What are you playing? Oscar, what are you playing? Should we have said this as pirates? Oh, sure. Yar. Yar. Ooh, what, are what are you playing? What are you playing? I got a pitch. Uh-huh. Maybe it's too much. What? Mm-hmm. What are you planking? That's good. It's not too much. Okay, good. Because like, you know how they, like, they walk the plank? 
Yeah, no, it's not. It's not too much. Oh, I thought you were referring to, um, you know, uh, oh. that ab exercise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you're doing that, we could talk about that. <laughs> uh, Oscar, are you playing anything lately? Uh, I'm playing some. Um, uh, uh, yes, I'm playing two games at the moment. Uh, I'm playing uh, Nino Kuni Remastered, um, which I have not played before because it was on Oof. originally on the PS3, I believe. Yep. And it was like later on in the pre PS3 uh, shelf life, I believe. So I never um, I never really had a chance to play the game, but I'm loving it. It's really fun. Uh, I was surprised by the Pokemon aspect of the game. I, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know if I missed people talk about that, but no one did. So when it was like, oh, you can like catch monsters and and they're your friends. Now. I was like, what? Cool. Um, so I'm playing that and I'm playing, um, this is embarrassing to say, but uh, I don't care. You wouldn't judge me. I'm playing Knack. Wow. Wow. We're not going to judge you here. I'm. Sounds like Dr. Edge is. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> if you saw some of the stuff I, pl- uh, I play, <laughs> who am I to judge anyone? Before we move on from Nino Kuni, I, I-, I can't let a-, a-, a moment where we talk about Nino Kuni to pass without playing the overworld theme from Nino Kuni, which <gasps> I just put into the chat. It is so Beautiful. fucking good. It's the composer of all of the Studio Ghibli films. Uh, I think Joey's Aishi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fucking score is so good. I it's loved, so impressive. I loved Nino Kuni. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's play that Overworld theme. Good. Wow. I mean, this sounds like a fucking great video game. Yeah. I love Dragon Quest XI, but it reused all of the themes from the previous Dragon Quest. Like, there's no new music oh. at all, and it just mm. and it and it doesn't have enough of it. And, you know, when you hear just like some some original scoring that's just so uh, lush and fully realized, it's a uh, oh, man, that, that that's what that game was missing. Yeah. Nino Kuni is so impressive because it, it feels like a movie. And I think maybe mm-hmm. that was the intention. Uh, but yeah. I was I was just I was so blown away. I'm blown away. I'm not very far into it, but I, I, I love it so far. Uh, I looked it up because I, I believe this was true, and it is the case for anyone who wants to play. It is on Game Pass right now. Th- that's why I'm playing it. Yes. Oh, there you go. Uh, and what and what brought you back to Knack? Um, it was so I just okay. I'm a late adopter. I just bought a PS5. Um, Got it. And there, thank you. Uh, it's great. I love it. Um, and I was looking at games to transfer over to my PS5, and I didn't realize that I owned Knack for the longest time, and I never mm. even touched it. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is gonna be my champagne bottle, which I will break the PS5. I, I'm gonna launch <laughs> with the shittiest PlayStation 4 game ever made. So I'm playing Knack. And you know, uh, I don't know if y'all played Knack, but um I did not. Nope. 
It ain't good. <laughs> it ain't good. There's something, you know, satisfying about the gameplay and that sort of like I'm turning off all of my brain cells and just sort of like it's not doing anything new. Yeah. It's just sort of like a regular action adventure game. But the storyline is so stupid. The voice acting is not good. I'm sorry to the voice actors who worked in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a game that I'm trying to beat. Right. We've all been there. Oh, well, yeah, oh, my, 100%. Something know? we've done on the show a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, what are you playing? Well, yeah, uh, so I'm, you know, I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot still of uh, of Baldur's Gate 3. Mm. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I had an issue in my game where I had to go back to an earlier save, and I lost a little bit of progress. I uh, Not too much story progress, but I did. I felt like I missed some, uh, some like social progress, I guess you could say, with some of the characters, mm. and I had to go back and bummer. do... I had to go back and find some extra characters that I had uh, and, uh, you know, have conversations with them again. But I had a glitch where... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? The druid that you rescue at one point uh, is supposed to appear back in uh, the the town where he's from or the little village where he lives. And uh, if you go to do this other thing before going to talk to him, it there's a known glitch where if you do it, it's sort of in the wrong order. He's not there. This is Halson, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Halson, yes. And I was like looking and looking for him. I was like, oh, I want to complete this part of the quest. But he's not here. What Uh-oh. do I do? And I was Googling, like, what? where is this guy? What What do I do? Do I have to do something to trigger him being there? And it, yeah, it just turned out that I uh, did something in a slightly, not even a wrong order, because there's no wrong order to do anything. There's just like a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's just a glitch. There's just like a programming error in there that he'll make him not appear uh, where he's supposed to be. And so I had to go all the way back to doing this one thing. Uh, before I had a bunch of people over at my camp to have a party, uh, and I had to go talk to him first instead of going straight to the party, because um, you know, you tell me there's a party happening at my camp, I'm going straight there. Oh yeah, right. You're a party animal. Yeah, I, well, I, I, <laughs> well, like your camp, you gotta go. Yeah, exactly. You guys don't know this because you guys, I'm talking to the listeners. You don't know this. I'm recording right now with a lampshade on my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're younger than like, I think. 25 that doesn't mean anything no well, well maybe they know this i have a tie tied around my head also yeah a tie tied go. around your head i think is still that's a universal party experience yeah because i had my tie on i usually record in a suit and tie we kind of keep it pretty <laughs> uh, uh, business uh, a business attire when we're recording uh and we expect our guests to do that too so oscar thank you for doing that um but you look great thank you everyone looks like a million bucks but i had my tie on i loosened it and that's usually enough to be like a party guy but i was like nah yeah. you went all the way put it all the way up you know around my head and then you know <laughs> tied it there and then sort of was like this guy came to party uh but i so but i have i'm back to where i was basically and back to getting my ass kicked <laughs> trying to get through these fucking mountains to get to this other thing but i just find the gameplay so like i don't know this might be i mean i'm gonna be playing this for a long time certainly but something about even just like walking around in the world 
I just love. Like I just it just feels so good yes. to me. And like even if you're not doing um anything too exciting, I feel like I'm still having the time of my life. And there was like a point this year where I like don't know I I couldn't foresee something else potentially being game of the year that wasn't Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh and this is like pretty close and I'm not even done Whoa. with it. Like it's like it's so fucking good to me. Um yeah. and I just I just really I'm just so impressed by it. I just Matt, uh, did, yeah. did you yeah. take a picture of your character? I want to see what your character looks like. Uh, I have not, but I'll send it to you afterwards. She's hot as hell. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the I don't really know much about this game. Um the only thing I do know, which my friend has told me maybe eight to ten times uh was that <laughs> he was like do you know you can make that your character circumcised or uncircumcised yeah I'm like, okay yes cool. yeah and every and every <laughs> character type like every character class or uh character race rather where it's like a dragonborn or like if you're like an elf or like a human or something they all have sort of like specific genitalia it's it's great and you can sort of make a lot of the characters a lot of the like party members try to have sex with you uh yes a very fun part of the game and they'll call they have specific dialogue uh depending on whether or not you have a foreskin yeah (laughs) cut yeah they say a lot of that stuff it's pretty rude actually disgusted either way (laughs) yeah i'm playing that uh i i they I Matt, I agree with you. The game is is really staggering and and impressive. The bugs are a, a bummer just because you're like afraid that something's going to go wrong, and like yes. that's like the kind of tightrope walk of of playing the game is just like ah oh, man, I don't want I don't want to break a quest. I don't want to you know mess. I don't want to mess something up. Uh, just just the uncertainty you have as the user. Yes. Uh, as to as to what and and like so that's a that's a little bit of a of a of an issue with just playing it like so close to launch with such a game that's just so complex. Yes. Uh, but I think that once all that stuff is patched out, it'll just be, you know, again, just utterly staggering. And, and there was that you just reminded me of something because I'm playing on I'm playing primarily on Steam Deck, so I'm used to the controller layout. And I was experimenting right. with some of the other. You can install other um, controller layouts like through Steam uh and i was looking at some of the other ones and you sort of had to make a choice whether you want you want the controller feel or if you want like the mouse and keyboard feel on the controller which i don't love and i wish there was like a hybrid i can't find the hybrid control basically where i want the ability to play like i'm playing in controller mode but i also want the ability to press like the back buttons on the back to do quick save or something or quick mm. load because as it stands right now i have to pause and then save or hit quick save in the pause menu to um like before i make a choice that i'm worried about uh you know uh breaking something or anytime something's right. about to happen i'm always hitting i want i pause so that i can save and i wish i could just push a button like you could on a mouse and keyboard to quick save automatically but like an F five equivalent. Exactly. Well, I I mean, like, do you have a? a I, I don't have a Steam Deck, yeah. so I don't know how it works. But you can you remap the controls at all, or you? you well, I I'll have to see so if like you a can. custom layout you can import. Because like there, yeah, that's the thing I've been experimenting with. There's like I've been importing some custom ones, and they're all like, okay, yeah, here's the controller layout, but it doesn't have the specific thing that I'm looking for, or it'll Got have it. like, uh, here's um mouse and keyboard stuff laid over the. Um, 
the controller. But the thing about that is it the UI completely changes in the game if you're using the mouse and keyboard input. Uh, so that stuff changes. And then mm. the way you even move about the world feels different because you're now doing the point and clicking thing of it, whether instead of um, just navigating a character and feeling like you're like actually walking around in it, you're just sort of like pointing and then your character progresses to wherever you pointed to or, you know, goes to whatever item you uh got it on but i'm i'm confident that there's something out there that i'm just not seeing and i'm sure um when this episode comes out someone will tell me right away and then uh for weeks and weeks as people listen to it people will tell me so i think yes it's it's, it's gonna happen (laughs) uh heather what are you playing well kind listeners of our show have alerted me that across Discord and Twitter, have alerted me that the Mac Baldur's Gate 3 save will not transfer to the game itself when it officially releases to the Mac, nor will it uh, transfer to PS5 when the PS5 game comes out because it is still in early access. And I... instantly stopped playing Baldur's Gate because I was so fucking pissed off. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've probably only put seven hours into the game, mm-hmm. but that's that's a lot of time uh, to to re that, that, that I'll have to replay, which also means that I'm going to have to I, like in order to make it interesting, I'm going to have to play an entirely different kind of character uh, when I relaunch that game on PS5 in September, September, um, which is going to be a hard month because Armored Core is going to be eating up all my fucking time. Um, so, yeah, what am I going to play in the interim? I have Viking Madness, so I'm thinking about playing Hellblade, Setsuna Sacrifice, wow. or God of War Ragnarok, which I still haven't played heather um me neither <gasps> i got what play it. i didn't i didn't play it either <gasps> <laughs> and i know apodaca matt you're it. the weird one here <laughs> i'm a fucking little Apodaca. freak <laughs> apodaca loved it they loved, loved it. it i love um it. and i'm considering uh getting just downloading it from my ps5 while i'm abroad and starting to play it because i've got viking madness um, you keep saying that. I've got Viking Madness. I do. <laughs> yeah. I have Viking Madness. And if you listen to our sister show, uh, uh, Get Animated, you know how terribly I have Viking Madness. I'm mm-hmm. reading history books. I'm going to Scandinavian Ooh. bakeries. I am uh, watching Vinland Saga nonstop. Ooh. Yeah, you're um, beheading oh, yeah. people. Wait, Heather, can you tell you. me a fun fact about Vikings? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Um, so Viking history was uh, oral, right? It was orally passed nice. down. Like they would tell their stories, tell their stories. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until Fucking about party animal over 200 here. years after, I'm just barreling through it, 200 <laughs> years after uh, the Viking age happened. Oh man, I've got two things I want to tell you. That these uh, that the stories were finally written down by like monks, mm. right? And monks will have an agenda. And so like you can't really trust whether or not these... Uh, sagas that were written by the monks later are uh, a little bit warped because the Christians were going to bring their own baggage to Viking stories. But the poetry was so complex 
And the rhyme schemes were so intense that we are almost certain that the poetry is the Viking poetry because it would fall apart Mm. if you passed it on. uh, Like if any of the rhyme scheme didn't like continue or work, it would be like a song that didn't make sense. Mm. So the Viking poetry is probably a pretty accurate description of Viking life and Viking sagas. Um, whereas the actual sagas that aren't poetic are a little less accurate. The other thing I want to say is that, um, I also learned so far that the, uh, the Viking age began because in the year 536, there was a huge volcanic eruption in, we don't know where on earth that blotted out the sun for eight years on planet earth and fucking destroyed like all of the the blossoming empires of the Iron Age, or, wow. or maybe it was the late Bronze Age. Either way, 536, this huge volcano goes off and you can see the sediment all over the planet. And like you can also see in the archaeological record, uh, farms shrunk and mm. then were taken over by the forest because like people couldn't get shit to like come out of the land. And in that power vacuum is when Viking society began to raise. So... That the reason the Viking Age happened was because maybe as many as four, certainly one to two volcanoes went off all at the same time and f- and blanketed oh. the entire world in ash. Wow. Uh, I just want to say real quick that the only monk that I trust is Adrian Monk. Who's that? From Monk. Oh, I didn't know Monk's name. Monk had a first yeah, name. Yeah, no, his name is Adrian Monk. Do they say that on the show? Yeah, because they don't just call him Monk. They don't? they don't? Well, they call him Monk, but, you know, maybe his superiors will call him Adrian. Like, I would imagine that the drawing that somebody could do of the moment that just happened. It's a jungle out there. me, like, happy. I know. And, like, <laughs> standing, like, triumphantly telling a story about something I'm passionate about. And Matt and Nick... Having a conversation below me, like on a panel where they're just like making fun of me. And I, you can, you can see like a crack <laughs> in my, in my, in my, in my sanity. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I think, I think it should be celebrated that I waited for you to finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Can I also say, I didn't make the Adrian Monk comment. And in fact, I decided not to make my comment about these volcanoes also killing off the dinosaurs. So I... Heather, I, I some thank restraint you here. for sharing those stories. I enjoyed Thank them. you for sharing. <laughs> Like, what is this podcast? Am I still on How Did This Get Played? And you guys are on a different show? <laughs> yeah, we the timeline's fractured. I did think it was interesting. Nick, yeah, what, it was fascinating. Nick, what are you playing? Well, I've been playing the, the game we're going to discuss this week with the bulk of my playtime, but I did want to shout out one thing, and this is a week old, but since we last recorded, uh, Vampire Survivors, one of my favorite oh. games in recent years, has released on Switch which feels like it's natural home. So if you've been waiting on Vampire Survivors because you don't have one of the other platforms it's available on, uh, but you do have a Switch, uh, check it out. Uh, I believe it's on sale right now. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And also they they completely revamped. I mean, they actually converted it over to a, to a totally new engine uh, on the PC version. So it's got a lot more features 
uh, and what have you if you've been playing, if you, if, you, if you stepped away from it for a while. But yeah, Vampire Survivors, great game. Uh, if you, if you're, you have too much time uh, and it goes too slowly, uh, this is a great way to just make the hours vaporize. Uh, but let's talk about this we, this month's We Play, You Play, Dredge. Uh, Dredge was released on March 30th of this year, developed by Black Salt Games, which is a four-person team based in New Zealand. Uh, it is a, and this is not my description, it's someone else's description, but it's a Lovecraftian horror fishing mm-hmm. game. Uh, it's, it's, you know, definitely got sort of like... Uh, el- el- elements of uh, of eldritch horrors and so on and 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 just uh, uh just being driven mad uh by the chaos of the universe uh but it's also got just like fishing mechanics and as such it's a game that's both like soothing and stressful uh and honestly I had a great time with this thing I finished it I also finished it I finished it as well Wow. wow. I didn't I didn't finish it. I swear. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, go back to Ragnarok. <laughs> I got close. I got really close to yeah. finishing it. I had kind of a crazy week, but uh I uh and you know, I did I I but with the time that I spent with it, oh boy. I did quite enjoy it as well. Yeah, so it's a, I, I will say, for me, I think it peaks in the first act Mm -hmm. i think like it's the best part of the game is the start of the game where you're just being because you you're it's it's a lot tenser uh when your ship is shittier you have like a lot less yeah a a time you can spend out at sea before you have to go back to dock so like you have to really pick your spots and i think as it progresses the other thing is that the first couple of towns you got big marrow and little marrow uh, are like they have like a lot of NPCs there and they have a lot going on. And then as you start to get to these more remote towns, it'll be like, you know, one to two NPCs who are populating this entire biome. And as such, it just feels a little bit less filled in. And so I, I kind of feel like I'm glad I played it through to the end, but I do feel like it, it, it didn't quite heighten as much as I would have liked. I mean, honestly, I think that is my biggest complaint of the game. Uh, and after playing it, it's like it. The premise is so strong. It's a very Great weird premise. premise. Um, yes. Those freaks in New Zealand, like, how did you come up with this game? And it started <laughs> off so strong. And yeah, I don't know. I don't. I can't say ultimately if I enjoyed. I enjoyed playing the game, but is the game good? It the first third of the game was good, and then it just sort of kept. I don't know. It. I think. Potentially, it could have been a great game, but because it was so sort of sparse and, you know, it it was it became a lot easier towards the end because you upgraded your your boat. Um, To me, I just felt like, oh, the challenge in the first chunk was missing. Uh, So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit torn about. Yeah, it's it's the it's the difficulty of like so as the game progresses you have you know it starts off there's like coastal fishing and uh, oceanic fishing there's a handful of shallow fishing there's a handful of of types of mm-hmm. uh gear that you need to fish different types of of uh fish uh, uh, uh water creatures from different types of 
uh, water creatures, uh, d- different types of of <laughs> of, uh, uh, of fish from different types of water. Uh, as it progresses, those like just increase, but it just leads to more gear that you have to add on to your ship, more uh, nets and poles and what have you. But the challenge doesn't really increase in terms of catching these fish. Like there's slightly different mechanics in terms of how the fishing works, but it all kind of feels similar. And And the other thing is, so the main choke point in the game is how much money you have to upgrade your ship. But at a certain point, and I think this speaks to the inverse difficulty uh, curve of it, how the game gets easier the more you play, is that once you start getting some passive income, uh, if you watch a show like uh, what's what's the uh, uh, alone? Um, they they talk about a thing like automatic food, like fish, like food they don't have to actively pursue. Uh, so just like laying down like a net or something like that, and then and then fishing out the end of the day. Once you start to get nets, and once you start to get crab pots in particular, you can just kind of dot the ocean with those, and then just have more money than you know what to do with. You can upgrade everything, and the 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 difficulty sort of slinks away. So yeah, that I agree from a gameplay standpoint. That's kind of a bummer. Um, that's the fishing is all like remained fun for me, and also just like it's so much atmosphere and vibes, and I think that that's what this game absolutely nails: the art direction and the sound design. Here's what I would have loved: uh, I would have loved a game with absolutely no story, and the mechanical challenges of the first, you know, twenty percent of the game, then scale all the way up to you're you're essentially hunting white whales. Like, I wish that's what that, I was expecting. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wish that I like I honestly I don't give a shit about what like the uh, red, red lighthouse. What do you, you help me out with the lighthouse? Like also <laughs> the quests or like, can you get me a, a, a rotting eel from a grotto across the entire world and I'll fulfill your wildest dreams and then that bitch gives you like a hundred books <laughs> like, that was literally like, the most annoying side quest yeah yes. like so so the, I expected or or wanted not expected because I didn't expect anything going into this but what I wanted was okay I have upgraded my reels now I'm going to get to uh, fish these abyssal abyssal is that how you say that? I'm, abyssal? Abyssal? Uh, or, abyssal? Or hadal fishes. Fishes? Uh, <laughs> and I want those mini games, the little like uh, rock band style, press a button at the right time, QTE fishing mini games to become incredibly complicated so that you are fishing for an entire day and racing against the sunset to catch this one rare fish almost like a cross between monster hunter and dredge and like that game that would be i i mean you could like you're upgrading and upgrading your fish until you're like detonating dynamite under the water and like bringing a ton of fish up to the sea like make the fish and i hate to say this Make the catching of the fish a puzzle. So you have to like kill a bunch of fish in an area that then draws a different fish to that area that then you can fish. I love like like I I don't I don't need I don't need some fucking dude to be like, I haven't talked to my brother for five years. Uh, Can you blow up like this little this little rock ledge and then maybe I'll go talk to him, especially since. Once bombs are active in the game, you can buy them from fucking anybody. So, yeah. I don't know. It's there were there 
I there was a game hiding behind this game that mm. I really wanted to play. Um, I I would just want to be I I want to be too down on this game because I did actually really enjoy it. I think overall it's like I I, th- I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I agree with these I agree with these criticisms and I made them myself, but I do feel like it it pays off. And I contra Heather, I actually like the story in this game. I especially like how it resolves, which we we won't get to right away. But it's like. I I found it really satisfying just the idea of I I think just the way it evokes just like loneliness and desperation. And like, that's just what I know about a lot of people who are like really into fucking like living in remote places or 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 just like spend so much time on boats and shit. It's just like it's a lot of people are just like kind of like, I don't know, something something went awry in your life if you're spending most of your time on a boat. You know what I mean? And I think it really explores that. Uh, and I, I, I think the, I think the player characters, uh, arc is interesting. Uh, yeah, I think one thing that, that the, so like, as you're, as you're exploring the ocean, you'll see like massive, like Leviathan sized creatures, uh, that I, I, again, similar to you, Heather, I thought like at some point, okay, I'm going to try to like whale something like this giant blue whale that I see. That's, that's a, a, you know, 40 times the size of my little boat. At some point I'm gonna have to catch one of these things, but then that never pays off. You can take photographs of them, but that's just like less satisfying. And I don't feel like any of the side quests, because, again, all the incentives are just monetarily and money stops being a problem. Uh, they they're Yeah, I, I, I kind of stopped doing all those pursuits, they're called. Uh, but Matt, let's uh, let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite one of my favorite parts was I do agree that like the uh, the first part of the game was a little harder. But once you once you get like a speed upgrade for the boat, I was like, this is. I love this. Like I, I, I actually, you know, because there are like emergent things that can happen where you can get like attacked kind of by fish or like by scary things at night. And uh, not that that was too scary for me, but like I, the window for me finishing this game was getting smaller and smaller just as like this month went on, and uh, I decided to turn it on, turn on passive mode in the game, which is like the mm. mode. It's like kind of like not scary mode, but so, oh right. Uh, so you can kind of just like get through stuff, and I'm I'm telling you right now, I didn't think it was too scary for me. It was like I don't think it was like scary at all. Why just, are you shivering, man? I well, there's a ghost <laughs> right off to the corner. Um, but, uh, I didn't think it was that scary, but I was just like, uh, you know, I'm trying to get through this without fucking up, or you know, without getting you're having to go back uh, a save or whatever. Um, so turning that on kind of just made it more of a vibes game kind of where like mm. you're still doing the stuff and like figuring out what's going on but i it was just it was just a little chiller and that i really liked i i i loved how like relaxing kind of that it was and uh uh you know my uh my girlfriend um uh she she was like though like the music in this game is so good and she never comments about, like in a way where she's talking about something she likes about the video game that I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> but she was like, the music in this is so relaxing. And so like, uh, she called it um, like spa music almost like in, in when, it, when I had it paused at one point, I was like, Oh yeah, it's like pretty, um, you know, you're out at the sea. You're kind of just like, you know, I'm just catching a, you know, bunch of weird fish and stuff. It was pretty, I, I, I did like that. The mechanic that I loved and I was talking to you guys a little bit of this about before the way Fishing feels and the way dredging items feels from specifically dredging the titular mechanic is rad. It's so good. It feels great. And I played it on PS5 and there's not like um, PS5 integration for the 
DualSense, but it feels good on the controller. Um, I, I, I love a timed mechanic like that. Uh, so the fact that there's so much of that in the game was, was fun and that there's various ones for fishing was really great. But, and I loved, I loved upgrading too. I, and the story, like, you know, I didn't get through all of it. And so when we get to the start, the stuff where you have to talk about like what's going on in like in the ending or whatever, go off. I don't, I'm not like worried about this game being spoiled for me at all. So say what you want to say. Um, but the story that I experienced thus far, I got through like almost like almost all of it. I think I got to like, what part are you up to? I'm in chapter four. Like, and I know that there's six, so there's still a little bit to go, but I got through a pretty decent chunk of it. Yeah. You're almost Um, there. And I do intend to finish it because I was uh, really enjoying it. I do sort of wish also that I had bought it on, um, a different platform, uh, just cause the, um, I could have been playing it while doing something else, but like PS5, I was just like, oh, I'll just get it here because Baldur's Gate's on Steam Deck. That'll be my Steam Deck thing. And then, and it's, you know, these are the choices you make. And I, I made my bed. I had to lie in it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I did I did quite enjoy it. And I liked I liked the freaky little fishies. I'll tell you that. Uh, let, let's let's talk about that in a yeah. second. I, I do want to you mention the music and let's uh, I, I'm putting a track in the chat if we want to play this one. Uh, Matt, this is from the the soundtrack. The score is by David Mason, uh, and I ended up buying the the OST oh, on wow. Steam after because uh, I was just like, I really like this, and I just want to listen to this. There and were, you know, there were a few uh, pieces of music that recalled Final Fantasy and mm. Wind Waker, uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker to me. Um, but I'm li- the whole, uh, there feels like there's a lot of Wind Waker inspiration. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like a kind of a dark Wind Waker. Anyway, this this theme is uh, is the restless town. It's kind of that walking that line again yeah. of just like you know it's it's calming and haunting at once ambiguous ethereal i don't know i think it's just like a a lot of lovely scoring throughout isn't that harp isn't that the same chord as the final fantasy prelude that's what i was thinking yeah it sounds similar anyway can i go back to something good stuff i I said that uh it's not about the game um I, I said girlfriend. Are you going to say monk? <laughs> I want to talk about monk again. <laughs> I said Adrian I said monk. girlfriend, and I just think the word fiance is weird. So, and I didn't want to go to wife because I was just like, I'm not married. But I, so I didn't know what to do. So I said girlfriend. Uh, I didn't want to confuse anybody. Uh, but that's what that's, did you want to say, Matt? It's off. It's off. My chick. <laughs> the betrothal is uh, off. Oh boy, this is my chick. <laughs> okay, ludicrous. My chick yeah. bad. <laughs> well, and you know, on the other side of the coin, my chick good as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you announced this on the podcast? I don't is think I said this on the podcast. No, no, yeah. no. I've had a crazy couple weeks. Uh, yeah, uh, I got engaged, and then a week later, congratulations, my cat away. buddy. Uh, but oh, <laughs> thank man. you. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, Sorry, thank buddy. you very much. I think, and thank you. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited. Um, but I, yeah, I just didn't. Um, I'm struggling with the word uh, fiance because I think it's strange. <laughs> I think mm. it's a weird. I think it's a weird word. What if you said it like um, my wife, Billy Zane in <laughs> Titanic? Oh, my fiance. Like, 
my fiance, my fiance. <laughs> maybe like, I'll do. Maybe I'll go <laughs> full Billy Zane yeah. every time. I didn't want to derail and like talk personal news, but I was just like that didn't sit right with me for a second, so I felt like I had to say something. But anyway, you can go back to talking about Dredge and stop talking about me. Uh, Congrats, buddy. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. You know this Chad game. Padaka. This game has a lot about wives Ooh. and betrothals. It actually yeah. is. You find a lot of bottles that are just like adrift at sea that will just uh, have diary entries about someone uh, and their, uh, you know, that their their issues with their spouse to be, uh, and how they're they've been driven mad by the endless ocean. Um, it's uh, and then that ends up tying into the story, which we'll we'll maybe get to. Uh, so I guess they were, they at a certain point patched this game to eliminate the time limits on the side quests, the pursuits. Uh, which oh. was a thing that was in there initially, and I guess probably would have added a little bit more tension. But also, as I'm thinking through how, some of those pursuits, I think that also would have made them just uh, just extra annoying. So I, I think that was probably a good. I mean, they they, they did it. I'm sure I, I trust that that was the right move. Not having played the original version, yeah, I can't imagine playing the um those the the side quests with the um the hooded figures. Yes, trying to find specific fish during a time frame it, that would have. Driven me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> or like or like the um Give me a cabin. The view. quest in the mangrove, if those had been timed, that would have been like really exciting. Like oh. you would have been like like fucking uh, smashing up your boat constantly trying to get those fish. That'd have been kind of neat. I would have done I would have been okay with a time like a timed version of the mangrove quests. Mm. Uh just because that feels like that area was so uh it, it 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 was designed to be raced through at the edge of your ability to control your boat. Um, so the mangrove but, for people who haven't played the game, it is or haven't gotten that far. It's a section. Oh, oh, it's like chapter shit. four. I'm sorry. Well, what's the matter? I, well, I feel like I just ruined it for people who weren't in spoiler country. No, I'm just gonna give. I'm just giving a little bit of context for what it, we're not. No, not you didn't even spoil anything. I'm when will we get to the woman grove? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Uh, Congrats on your engagement. Thank you so much. Uh, There's a, so it's like, it's like a, there's a, it's like a archipelago uh, with a bunch of different, you know, like tiny islands and really narrow waterways. So you kind of have to navigate through it quickly. And there's also like these, these uh, uh, like, you know, a uh, uh, Lovecraftian beasts uh, that pop up that uh, that will try to kill you as you're trying to do your fishing. And the whole quest you're doing there is there's a a stranded aviator uh, who all of his airmen have been killed, and he wants you to retrieve their dog tags and also try to kill these uh, monsters that uh, that are inhabiting the mangrove with explosives. So it's like they're the, everything. The, basically, the thing is like you're being pursued on all sides, and then you don't have a lot of room to maneuver. Um, but yeah, there isn't there isn't necessarily a time pressure, except for the fact that at the end of each day, you have to get back to harbor because if you're out too late uh, and a big eye appears at the top of the uh, at the top of your HUD. And then you start to see hallucinations that manifest themselves in the game world and can damage your watercraft. I will say that is the best part of the game is that shit is cool. The really cool. sort of madness and the sort of like barometer of madness with the eye specific it starts turning like silver once you get really panicky you you do start hallucinating you see ships in the distance that you're like oh this must be a, a friendly ship and you find out it's like a weird sort of angler fish uh that attacks you um it's so cool that that aspect of the game is so well done uh 
I, I, I really, I really, really love that part of the game. Yeah, that shit's awesome. I love it. Wait, can I can I ask a question that is not me being like, I didn't get any. So I stayed up days at a time in the game and and like NPCs would be like, whoa, you need to sleep. <laughs> but like nothing was happening to my boat or anything. What? You, really? You, yeah. What? What? Like, what, were you just did you dock and did you have any time pass or were you just like out at sea the whole time continuously? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, there were definitely multiple days in the game where I didn't sleep. So you reach it basically the clock because, you know, I had I I did some all nighters and I I believe what happens is that once you hit daylight, your sanity meter starts to reset. So it's like more the day night cycle than like actually getting getting a certain amount of sleep. Can't Um, you you can just avoid the hallucinations in the water, though, can't you? Yeah, so yeah, that's part can. of the the kind of the push pull of it of like if you want to like try to go out because there's certain fish you can only catch at night. So if you want to try to stay out later, uh, and uh, you can do that. But it's certainly the safer move to dock and to rest. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys were talking a little bit ago about um, like mechanics you kind of wish were in the game, and I was think I was thinking of one that I thought would be good, which was um, it would be in the similar style to like um not like a full on like obviously there's like a rhythm element to this game which i is already sort of like my favorite type of thing uh but if there was like um you know in tony hawk games when you can do like a grab or a grind and there's like this like meter that you have to like sort of keep the balance like in the middle and if you go sure. to one side or the or the other you could fall or fail if there was a meter like that in this game and there were like perfect storm type waves as also another impediment in the mm. game uh, during maybe the nighttime even uh, that could that could be cool where you could have to keep your vessel upright during these really rocky waters or something that could have been that could have been cool not that maybe your vessel is like a big flat sort of surface like it's kind of like longer than it is wide yeah and, and instead of on it instead of wearing like fisherman's clothes you're wearing like Etnies or something, and right, Darth yeah, Maul cool. outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be Darth Maul. <laughs> Can I do a, a like a Nick and Matt style joke? Yeah. <laughs> I thought when you said you uh, what kind of mechanic you wanted in the game that you were going to say Sid from Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> too funny. That's the issue. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It was too funny. Okay. It's uh, okay. So <laughs> I, I think, yeah, they're there. I, I don't know. I think by and large, the, the approach they took to the fishing, I think the fishing feels good. I, I agree that like, yeah. And, and then as I said earlier, I, w- I wish it heightened more and I wish it kind of went in different directions, but I do feel like it's largely fun to fish. And I do think the thing that, that we haven't touched on really that I think is uh, again, one of the cooler things, cooler elements here when it gets into the horror side is there are certain so that you'll be you'll be picking like uh, uh, collecting one type of fish. Uh, so, you know, whatever, like you're uh, you're going in and you're fishing uh, 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 like uh, like flounder. You're finding flounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then among the flounder, there will appear an aberration. And so, like, you know, based on a certain 
frequency, uh, you'll pull up like a cyclopean flounder that will look like a flounder, but it'll also be like this distorted sort of gnarled, uh, horrific version of it. Um, and part of your part of the, the 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 things that will happen with the various quests is you'll have to find uh, different aberrations of these, and they also they sell for more. Uh, but like, I love the design of all of those. I I just loved how like nasty, like a like you know like a a a, a distorted like boil covered mullet looked. Like it all looked adequately uh, horrifying, and then. And it was also just always satisfying, like the little bit of sound, like you'd, you'd get like a, a different sound effect that would play when you'd catch one of them uh, and they'd have like some great flavor text for what they were exactly. I always thought I thought that was a very satisfying element. Yeah, there was. I mean, there there's a really good serotonin dopamine loop in this game of catch your fish, bring them in, get a tiny bit of an upgrade, catch your fish bring them in, get a tiny bit of an upgrade. Like that stuff was so good. And like catching these fucked up fish would give you sometimes more money than, and you'd be like, fuck yeah. Or you'd be like, oh shit. Okay. I've got a, 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 a part of it is um, resident evil four style uh, inventory man- management. There's a you've ton got a, of that. There's so much a, of that. A grid on your boat that you align your fish in. So you can fish like, complimentary fish shapes and then pack your boat full of fish and bring them in and get your cash and upgrade a little bit like that was awesome like i literally did that for days and also i um the first thing i did before i went to any of the other islands was uh or I went to I went to one I went to my after I got to my first island and research chips were available from the harbor. Uh, I was like, oh, and the chips are only money. Well, I can do that. So I would just like fish, get money, dump them, like dump them into research. And the first thing I did for my boat was unlock the giant fast engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd like got got all the way through the um, skill tree, so to speak, of upgrading your engine to the fastest possible engine. So I had like the the jet engines on my first boat. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> which was kind of wow. Fun. Before expanding the, the hull. Yeah, because the because wow. the jet engines <laughs> are only a single square and the uh, speed stacks so you can get like you can fill all of your available engine squares with jet engines and race your little boat around, which is pretty, pretty great. The thing of that um, I'm loving this is such about a Heather Min Max way of 100%. playing this game. Just like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I Well, I also like because I think we probably started playing it a little bit before Heather did. And while I started playing at the start of the month, I was certain we'd be having a completely different conversation <laughs> this time of the, uh, as, a, as a recording because I started playing it and I was convinced Heather is going to hate this. <laughs> I was like, this is not <laughs> the type of thing. But, like, there's, but now that you're talking about it, I'm like, the game is kind there is a sort of combat element to it that's not combat but it is you know what i mean like the fishing is combat and like that feels like combat yeah you gotta go like you find oh i'm gonna i'm gonna up so after i upgrade my 
fucking my little racing engine. Then I'm going to like upgrade my my fish reels, my reels all the way. Yes. So I can catch those big boys out in the sea. Yeah. And then you could only fit one of them on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go in and out of the of the harbor with my one shark. And I guess be like, here's my shark. Yeah. And I I guess I shouldn't have been so surprised because you do like upgrades and you do like uh, like trying to figure out like you don't love puzzles and this doesn't have that but i was just like with the going back and forth of it all and like i guess the inventory management is like kind of like the best that's the most heather thing too like trying to figure that out as the most yeah no if i can if fast boat kill fish <laughs> Why do you need any other things in this game? You don't need yeah. the story. You don't need the islands. Fast boat, kill fish. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. You know, I do want to say to Heather, your point, you the killing of the fish aspect. There, there's an element of the game where it tells you how many fish there are in that in that little thing. Oh, it's yeah. Like high, low, or like whatever, sparse. Uh, and then you like deplete. You can deplete sort of that zone. Yeah. And yeah. I to me, and I might be wrong here, but the connotation feels like you shouldn't exhaust like a little fishing oh. spot. Like to no. deploy to like deplete it is like not good. And that's just oh. me as an environmentalist being like, I have to be careful about not fishing too much because I don't want to run out of fish huh. for later. Um, but then uh, there is no consequence to running out of fit like. Fish. No, like there's no consequence. They regenerate the next day or something. And then I was you, like, oh, s- strip mine each fishing spot yeah. <laughs> and dump those fish off so that your boat can go as fast as it can. Right. And I just wish there was an element of like, if you deplete this part, like you can't either you can't get any more fish in that area or hmm, sure. another kind of fish will show up. Like you were saying sure. earlier. That's like all all mutated fish or something like that. Um, that that individual spawn point will be like that will go away for a while. So like if you deplete it, it's like you 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 kind of can't harvest fish. I mean that that's my understanding of it. Right. Um. And so like you want it like you don't want it to get below low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, but there's so many fishing spots, right. and again, so many ways like you like crab pots don't deplete an area uh, you know the net will always be able to dredge fish no matter where you're going so yeah you're never really at an issue where it's it's a roadblock but also i think just like the developers were at kind of a i i think they were kind of in a in a in a spot where they're like well i don't do i don't want to make this game impossible or unfinishable so yeah it, it more becomes like an ethical concern in terms of how you want to role play your fishermen and for me i was kind of like i don't want to fucking strip mine the ocean that makes I, I i feel like i'm doing something wrong you also ultimately uh get some lovecraftian powers uh you get like some some spells as you, yes. you get those from yep. the collectors you bring us and one of them is to uh just Every fish in sight just jo- just comes onto your boat and all of those spots are permanently depleted. So Love you're just it. like basically like, <laughs> you know, just pulling everything out from the ocean uh, with uh, with spiritual tentacles all at once. Um, so, yeah. You, and, and that feels like a thing you shouldn't do. And that also dr- quickly drives you mad. Mm. Um, do go to the places with the biggest fish, the ones that take the longest to pull up. Fucking hit that power. Bring <laughs> bring those motherfuckers back to the boat. Put them, cash them out, upgrade your engines. <laughs> Did any of us, okay, this was something I wanted to do and didn't. Did any of us go to the edge of the map? Oh. Because there's like a circle 
around the map and it's pretty far out at sea. And I didn't go out there just because I was trying to race through the story since I started it after you guys. Um, and I wonder what was out in the middle of the ocean away from all the islands. Yeah, I didn't because the islands are all kind of at the corners of the map and there's not really a reason. Like I, I don't, I actually don't even know if it's a globe or a, or a cylinder or if it, if it, the ocean's connector. I could do it right now live on the show. Like I could just hey, pick up it. my controller and do it and tell you yeah. what happens. All right, do let's do it. it. <laughs> nice. You guys, you guys keep chatting. I'll, I'll be right there. Oh, uh, let's see what the, I, I think the character design of all the NPCs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it reminds me of Darkest Dungeon, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked if I drew some inspiration from that. But yeah, they're all kind of like angular, and I, I don't know what the name of the art technique is for. Uh, just they've they've got like this blotchy quality to them. Um, uh, this they they look very geometric, but and and distorted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I I really like that. I really like how it looks. I, I was gonna say the 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 people look weird, but I don't know if you got to the part with the dog. Yeah. Like find a dog, and the dog is really unsettling. It's got yes. red eyes, and it's like a really thin dog. I know you you're supposed to like think it's cute but i was like i don't want this dog on my boat get get he, out of here he looks fucked up um <laughs> but i did rescue the dog and i did give him to the researcher yeah, same uh, yep same. yep yep me too uh see you're not a monster <laughs> you didn't <laughs> no, you didn't toss a- the dog overboard you didn't turn it into chum wait can you and <laughs> is reloading her save right now <laughs> uh the know. the the characters too or like the game rather like none of the characters are voiced but I feel like they're a little like hmm yeah all right those, those go like a long way I like those <laughs> yeah <laughs> who was your favorite NPC hmm I like the old mayor really <laughs> yeah <laughs> you find this this fucking yeah. twisted old man marooned on a a deserted island and he's like I'm the real mayor yeah. and I was like oh boy all right what's going on here <laughs> uh no I, I thought that was I, I like that and I like that how he ties into the larger narrative mm. uh and then also I, I don't know I, I think I mean the lighthouse keeper is mm. appropriately uh, a mysterious I, I will I will say that like probably the the traveling fisherman is the useful NPC because you can actually you know this oh that's right yes them. yeah yeah but um yeah, I don't know. I like I uh, of the like story characters. I mean, maybe it's just because I was like they were sort of early on, and I I liked them. I did kind of I liked the brothers. I liked reuniting. Oh, the, the two brothers. Yeah. And maybe yeah, it's because yeah. I have brothers, but I was like, I would hope that somebody would try to reunite us if we Aww. were bad. <laughs> and then I'd give whoever dynamite or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the number one, and this is something I forgot. First off, I hated all the NPCs and I didn't <laughs> want to talk to any of them. <laughs> um, they, they, they all were, they bored me. I didn't care. Like, they bored was like, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like, okay. They yep. Great. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> I don't care about your little like journey. Like, I don't care about any of it. I don't want uh, your life. Um, Not varsity blues. I did. I did realize just now as I'm racing towards the uh, the edge of the horizon here, uh, something that I wanted to say about the game, which is that the most damage I did to my boat over and over and over again was uh, racing the engine using the um, yeah. the ability to race mm-hmm. haste. Haste. 
I used haste and blew up my engine so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really hard, really hard to to let off the gas. Because it game. feels fun. Like it, it feels like zooming, yeah. you know? But then you yeah. also like if you're not looking where you're going, you could hit a rock. True. Or something. So you're not you're not necessarily incentivized fully to only be looking at the meter for which haste uh you know gets to the top. But like the sides of the screen also start to get red, like you're about to be taking on damage if you, you know, keep uh you know hauling ass uh, well it also drives you mad yeah like all of these are like these these magic you know unearthly powers you are getting from the collector and they from his uh his his magic book and so they are all like if you can't you can only use them so much before the eye manifests itself yeah is that true yeah even with the racing of your engine mm-hmm. no yeah they all they all add to your mat to your insanity meter huh <laughs> Where are you? What are you doing right now, Heather? You have right, a so I'm just hand. I'm just racing towards the edge of the map. Okay. To tell us what it is that happens when you get to the edge of the map. Got it. Ooh. And here we go. I'm finally at the edge, entering uncharted waters. Turn back, it says. All right. Keep going. Great. Okay. It's not going to stop you. Great. <laughs> okay. Turn back. Turn back. It says. Nothing. Nothing's happening to my boat. I'm just. Racing forward. Um, there don't look to be any fish out here. That's for sure. There's no fish in uncharted waters. There was um, there was this ATV video game that I used to play at my uncle's house uh, when I was a kid. I think it was for PlayStation Two, and my thing would be that I would try to just go to the edge of the of the playfield in any of the levels and you'd get there and its solution for getting you away from there was it would just send you flying across the map it, it, like you would crash into it and it would just send you flying back to like the middle of the map it was so funny and i just <laughs> thought that was so funny and fun and i would just that's all i would try to do in that game okay i can tell you guys what happens oh great all right great you get eaten. What? Whoa. You, you get eaten by a giant fish. That's cool. Uh, that- like a big a big fish eats you from behind. So you don't even see it coming. It just eats you. And that's it. I guess that's what happens when you go on uncharted waters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to go out there. They told you to turn around. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a bummer. But interesting. I'm glad that yeah. there's something there. There's you know, consequences. Like, yes. yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we get in? Should we? Should we progress into uncharted waters of our own and and head into to to spoiler country Ooh. and talk about the end game a little bit? Yarg. <laughs> Yarg. We be headed into spoiler country. You so best you don't want to believe in spoiler country. You're in it. Uh, so- <laughs> oh my god. That's good. Just an episode of <laughs> this podcast where Matt Matt can only speak in trailer quotes. You wait and see. Wait the little, uh, we got talk like a pirate day coming up. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to talk. We'll talk about the the end of the story a little bit. So if you don't want that spoiled, you can jump ahead to. I don't know. Do you want to put a time code in here, Matt? Uh, and edit. I don't know how to do that. So just skip ahead. Okay. <laughs> skip ahead a little bit. So, OK, so what what ends up happening is you have this this character, the collector. 
and he and all of the main quest lines go through him. You, each he has a different artifact that he needs you to retrieve from each of the different uh, sort of sets of islands. Uh, you gradually get all five of them. Uh, you go to the uh, you, you go to the Gale Cliffs. You go to the Stellar Basin. Uh, uh, you go to the Twisted Strand, uh, and you go to the Devil's Spine where there's lava. And you get it, uh, you do the various quests in each of these, and then you retrieve all these artifacts. You bring them back. And then you have a decision point where you can do one of two endings. Um, and I did them both. And I like that this game makes it so that you don't have to do a bunch of bullshit Thank to God. get both endings. You can just kind of see them both and it gives you a save where you can like make that make that choice again because that's what the user wants to do. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that decision. Um, it's 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 very, very user friendly. And. I think both endings are good. I think both endings are satisfying. And there isn't like a a like positive ending, really. But they both give like a, a, an interesting bit of narrative closure. I. OK, so because I was just like fucking I want fish. I don't care. I want fish and money. I don't want any of this story. I read all, I collected all the fucking, you know, floating bottles and read them. And I was like, okay, well, this lady's got a fucking problem. I don't care. <laughs> uh, and then the ending of the game, I was like, oh, uh, okay. And I was a little bit disappointed because I'm tired of the trope of woman being motivator in a video game. And I think there are games that have done it well which I won't mention because I don't want to spoil those games. I don't want you to be in the middle of spoiler country for dredge and hear spoiler country for an entirely different game. Um, but then there are games like this where it's just like, but what, why, why, you know, I'm pretty sure that braid has been out for long enough now that I can spoil braid and braid tells the story of you trying to, you know, maybe get back together with an ex-girlfriend or so. It's been like a decade, two decades almost <laughs> since I played that fucking game. And I was like, okay, this is a, a nice twist on the princess in a tower trope of Mario that we've all like kind of gotten used to. But with this, I was like, like Shadow of the Colossus has done it. Like there's been decades of games where it's like, you know, oh, it's your dead wife. And I was really bummed out in Dredge when that happened. I it, it almost made me angry. Mm. Um cuz I was like you got to be fucking kidding me and, and and I turned off and I and I was like I'll never think about this game ever again because the ending sucked. Mm. Um Which uh which ending did you get? Oh, did you get them both? Where, like a, no, the fucking she comes back to life and then the Leviathan like destroys the town and I was like okay, great. Boo! Power <laughs> off. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I, I will say that yes, obviously an overused trope. Hey, we're talking about God of War. That's a fucking dead wife game. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just like it's, it it's, is. It's, it's, <laughs> we're Kratos is like kind of like the ultimate wife guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess I you know I probably uh give it a pat. I give it more of a pass partly because of my own biases, but also because of like uh, I I think there's a. It's because it's kind of anchored in this sort of like Lovecraftian genre. It's like it kind of felt like it's like fitting with what that sort of 
what that sort of story would be. But I yeah. but I do understand the point. I will say that the way that it resolves, which is, yes, you go, the collector's like, we can do this ritual and you go out there and you can bring your dead wife back to life. But that results in the basically effectively the world being destroyed by this gigantic eldritch horror. I think that lo- that is a great visual payoff. And I think that's that ties in nicely with what the game is doing thematically, which is about like talking about how the, the sea drives one mad. And then the other ending, uh, the quote unquote good ending is, I think, like a, a little bit less satisfying, but still also cool. Well, you know what? It's the actual ending itself is is less satisfying, but the setup to it is uh, you go to to punch the collector because you're like, I know the truth. I've talked to the lighthouse keeper. I've talked to the old mayor. I know what's actually going on in this world. You got to punch the lighthouse keeper. Uh, your fist shatters. Your fist shatters in a mirror. You are the fucking collector. And you realize that it's been you the whole time uh, who have been driving yourself mad. And that's like a cool uh, like like that's a cool yeah, little bit of good. twist. And then you end up uh, of, of sacrificing yourself from the sea to escape uh, this prison you built from yourself. That's great. I don't that's mind cool. That. Yeah. You get yeah. eaten by a giant fish, which is what happens you if you go to uncharted waters. You're not yeah, he supposed just, to. Yeah. He's, he's, that's like skipping to the credits. It's just like <laughs> that's how you speed run this yeah. game. Yeah, you speed Race run the, to the game. End of the map. <laughs> I beat it. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, I would, yeah, go on. I wish there were. I wish there were more rare fish. Mm. I wish there was more fish that like it's it's funny to compare this game to Final Fantasy Eleven, uh, an MMO. Whoa. But there are fish that you can only catch like once a month during a full moon between the hours of like one and 7 a.m. And like the the that game is not a fishing game. So I do wish that there was like a fish that you heard about where it's like, hey, there's a there's a a blue eyed rock coral fish Mm. that you can only catch in your literal calendar month on a on the first Tuesday of the month, because I'd be like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) <laughs> maybe there is that in this game, but nobody talks about it. So maybe there isn't. There are there are a ton of fish that I didn't like go after because you don't need them for progression. <gasps> um, I think honestly, like it it's so I think there are, you know, if you look at the list okay. of fish well, that you maybe. can get in the game, I, there might be some like that that are that are available. Shut up. Maybe. I no, no. I, but what I was going <laughs> to say is like to your point. I I didn't feel the need to go after them. Right. And I wonder if that's partly because. You know, again, the side quests aren't super interesting, but also like I think I was playing on Steam and I don't give a shit about Steam achievements. And I think Mm. if I was playing on like Xbox, you know, or something Mm. where I I track the achievements a little bit more or PlayStation, I maybe might have done tried to catch more of those fish just to try to 100 percent. There's no I don't think there's an achievement for catching the exotic fish in the game, Uh, which I I was expecting. I was fully like, okay, because I caught all the exotic fish and I was like, all right, here it is, the achievement and nothing. Uh, and also like the, you get like research parts as like rewards to catching the exotic fish, which as we said before, it's not too hard to get the research parts. So yeah, it really is just, I'm sorry. Yeah. You could just buy them. And I think the cool thing about catching the exotic fish is just the aesthetic of them. They look right. really cool. Yeah. They look awesome. Yeah. They're oh, great. Wait. So I just looked up the rarest fish in the game. And it's considered to be the gazing shark, and I caught one of those. No, oh, like well, there it's, you go. it's it's the it's the mutated hammerhead. Oh yeah. So that's not that rare, is it? That's I mean, it's not. 
Like I, I would hunt anytime I saw sharks, I would I would fish them until they were done. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know. I definitely I, caught a regular I, ass hammerhead. I liked and disliked this game. That's my take. <laughs> I, I I think this game is is pretty awesome, especially considering it coming from a from a you know kind of out of nowhere from an indie small team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it yeah. and I think it's just like such a cool premise. I think it looks and sounds yep, great. Yep, yep, yep. And I think it's it starts off with such a bang that definitely worth playing especially if like yeah. hey if you if it shows up on games pa- game pass or uh it turns up on sale I, th- this is kind of fucking dumb to say at this point because we're in spoiler country so if you haven't played this game why would you be listening to this but um that said of of the indie uh ocean based games i still uh, of this year i still prefer dave the diver but i am glad that we played this uh, i had, I had a blast yeah, me too it. me too like i like i'm i've i've grumped a lot on this but uh, it was i mean again that first that first third is so satisfying when you're fishing, upgrading, fishing, upgrading. It's so clicky. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'm really snapped into this. It's fun how everything kind of locks yeah. in together. And 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 there's that and, element of just like, oh, one more day. Oh, let's yep. just do one. Yeah. More yeah, day. yeah. 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 One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. I think also, you know, when Matt, you told me about the game that we were playing, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, a fishing sim. Yikes. I don't yeah. know. I don't know about this. This is going to be weird. Uh, But I mean, it's engaging. The gameplay is simple. That's that's the big thing. There's Mm -hmm. it's not a complicated game. It's very simple and easy to pick up and just play. It's not alienating in a way where you have to, like, know a bunch of rules. You don't have to know the story at all. The gameplay alone, if you take away the story, if you take away the aesthetic, the gameplay is very fun. And again, like addicting super clicky you know super like yeah it's yeah it hits you and i think also the other aspect of it too that i really like is you know the horror aspect of it is like is the game six does it have to be a horror game and it doesn't it 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 works just as well if it was like i don't know an animal crossing game i think um however there is something really cool about um the lovecraftian horror genre is successful because it's the unnameable horror it's like Mm, hard to describe it's like that's what it is it's like the nameless one it's like a cthulhu is scary because like you can't visualize how scary and just massive cthulhu is and i think there's something really cool about catching the aberrations and their descriptions of it it feels like oh i can't conceptualize this what do you mean like uh there's like a fish that's like stuck in a vortex like what but you caught one right and and to me there's something really really fun about like trying to visualize these freakish monsters because guess what the sea is fucking insane (laughs) have you seen fish fish are fucked up fish it's nasty deep sea fish are the most fucked up and they're real right so You're taking real fucked up fish and then making mutant versions of those fucked up fish. Scary. Real scary. Yeah. Yeah. To me, in that way, the reality of how fucked up fish are and just like the sea is, that was <laughs> what was <laughs> the most effective for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to go in the deep ocean. Fuck that. Uh-uh. Yep. No way. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I totally completely 100%. agree. Actual ocean. Very scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Cameron, bravest man on earth. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I I have snorkeled and I enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, 
but I don't I have no desire to submerge. <laughs> I, 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 right. I, I don't want to be. I, I have no interest in the freaky ones with the lights or anything like that. No, thank you. Uh, well, hey, those were our thoughts. Now it's time for the you play of our we play you play. It's your review crew, the Ryu crew on uh, Dredge. Ha, Gokun. Yar. Um, okay, so these are some uh, reviews from our Discord, discord.gg slash getplayed. Uh, so here, here we go. This first one is from Puffin Stuff. Hi, Puffin Stuff. Hey, Puffin Stuff. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I loved all the fucked up fish you catch and upgrading your boat. Just wish the world was bigger. Four out of five. Okay. They gave a score. Okay. Uh, this one's from Sea Money. Simone? Hi, Sea Money. Hi, Sea Money. Uh, nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> in the game, I got real paranoid and almost hit rocks at night that were definitely not there during the day. 10 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> that is that is another cool thing that happens as you start to hallucinate is that new like, you know, obstacles appear in the environment. Yeah. Did you pl- did when you were going mad? There's you can go um, you can press your foghorn and then yeah. you can hear another foghorn sounding yeah. and then you can keep hitting it. And it's like a little conversation. And then yes. one time while I was playing it. I kept doing that, and then all these like ghost ships kept coming, and I was like, "Yeah, yep. it was cool. That yep. part was cool." I saw like a ghost pirate ship. Yeah, and I was like, "That's fucking great." Mm-hmm. Really, really yeah. cool. Uh, this next one's from Koopa Troopa. Hi, Koopa Troopa. Hey, Koopa Troopa. Nice, nice. Uh, this game wouldn't have been on my radar if it wasn't for this, so I'm glad to have the We Play You Play to give it a shot. I think it's a great example of a concept that would be amazing in a sequel with some refinements. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. You know, I kind of felt the same way about Cult of the Lamb, which uh, came out last year, and that was a game that was just like, oh, this is a good, this is a full game, but also kind of a prototype, hopefully mm. for a sequel that really figures mm. it out. Yeah. Uh, this next one's from Boldasaur. Hi, Boldasaur. Nice. Nice. The art, <laughs> especially the aberrations, rules. Moody atmosphere. This game has vibes. <laughs> that's yeah. what you said, Matt. It's got vibes. It's it got does. Vibes. It's got good vibes. Uh, this one's from... Bad vibes? Spooky <laughs> vibes. Hey, vibes are vibes. I'll take what you can get. Good at being spooky. Yes. Uh, this next one's from uh, one of our mods, Ted Cord. Thanks, Ted Cord, for being Hi, a great Ted. mod. Hi, Ted. Very uh, nice. Very service. Very nice indeed. Uh, overall, I enjoyed this game, but I felt let down by the lack of story and especially the ending. Oh. Let wow. down by the ending. Interesting. Let down by the lack of story. I and felt like there was too much story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is? is like the main narrative doesn't really advance when you're at these other islands. It's like well, you're kind of there and you're doing their yeah. own, like, you know, you're reuniting the brothers or you're, you're aiding the researcher in their mission. You're kind of like are doing a different thing and then you're achieving an artifact and then you're coming back. And so, so it's really just bracketed with the, 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 the first act and the, the ending in terms of where you're actually finding out what's going on. I have a question about the game. Yeah. There are parts where you go on, you see these like black stones and you, oh, you're, yeah. they ask you to put your hand in mm-hmm. and sometimes you get like a premonition or something, but sometimes it says it doesn't respond. What is that supposed to be? Does Is that tied to the story at all or no? You know what? I never, I, I never followed that up and figured out what was going on there. I just sort of like, all right, this is something mm-hmm. that, 
Yeah, yeah. So I I should look up what I what actually happened. And sometimes there, there's some like know. crab monster that shows up and tries to Oh yeah, I saw I saw the crab monsters. Yes. Uh but I I assumed that oh, I'm going to get something where I come back to these black rocks and something happens, right. but I have to get that thing and then no, the game ended. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's like a I, I assumed it was maybe tied in um, to retrieving stuff for the hooded figures, but maybe not. No, because I did. I did that. OK, li- this I'm looking it up right now. Uh, apparently, you just have to be like your panic has to be really high when you touch them. And that's when you'll get visions. Oh, oh, interesting. But they don't really. That is interesting. What are the visions? The are visions, they like story? I, it's just like you. It's like. It describes a Lovecraftian sort of event, mm. oh, okay. you know. Yeah, it tells you something that some context of something that happened to wherever you are. I got a couple of quick ones, real quick. This next one's from Raccoon. Hi, Raccoon. Hi, Raccoon. Nice, nice. Uh, Dredge really reaffirmed my fears of the ocean. Couldn't? It, yeah, absolutely. Ocean. Mm-hmm. Ocean scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very scary. This next one is from Z Wrench. Hi, Z Wrench. Hi, nice. Z Wrench. Nice. Spooky in boats is always going to hit. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Eight out of ten. Wow. Nice. Oh, chocolate oh. and peanut butter. Only eight out of ten. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's like a dog's rating. <laughs> Love the peanut butter. Chocolate. <laughs> Not so keen. I'm on. gonna yeah, chocolate I'm gonna take this Reese's night, down too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then finally, from not the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Can we make them a mod? Yeah, uh, not the toilet. You're hired. Um, <laughs> not the toilet. Uh, ex- <laughs> excellent game. It was like a box of donuts full of tasty loops. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, it is very, yeah. Got a far scump here. Good way of saying that. Okay. <laughs> the game Dredge is like a box of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> so you're calling like a donut a loop in that point? And I guess, I guess, I guess it's a loop. A yeah. closed loop. It's an is edible, there ever of a, not yeah. a closed loop? I don't know. I don't think there. Yeah, I don't think there are any donuts that have. They're like a U shape or any. Well, well and then that, they have no, the ones I'm that are saying, bars, right? They have like the bar. A, That's true. Yeah. Is it a loop if it is not closed? Isn't it a U? Hmm. You can have an open loop. We'll never get to the answer to this. And actually, not the toilet. You're fired. That was like a really <laughs> crazy thing you put us through. And. Uh, you really gave us something to think about, and that's not... We don't do that here. Wow. <laughs> Quick rise and fall. That's this week's Get Play. <laughs> our engineering is by Alex Gonzalez, Dead Air Alex G on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check out our paywall show, Get Animated, Heather, where we're still watching uh, the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya. If you were anywhere in the middle of the 2000s, you heard the name Harui Suzumiya. We are watching season one, season two, and the movie of the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya. And the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. I believe we're finally wrapping up season two. We're in the uh, the last five episodes of season two. Uh, and then we'll be watching the movie. So come to patreon.com slash get played. Even though the show is called Get Animated, we're get played. Uh, and check that out. Stitcher Premium is dead. It's fucking dead. Oh, you can't get it one. there on it's, it's the, you can't get it on Stitcher Premium anymore. It's only at patreon.com slash get played uh, if you want to listen to new episodes and our entire back catalog of uh, anime watch-alongs. Uh, our guest today, Oscar Montoya. Oscar, one of our favorites. Thank you Aww. so much for making time for us. Thank, Thank you, you for playing through this game. What a game. blast. I love it. What, what, a, 
What a hoot. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, just follow me on social media at Ozymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O, on Twitter and Instagram. Oscar did a really funny, great, great show for Earwolf Presents called Try Gaze with Mono Agapian. <gasps> and Jack, wow. It's so funny and so great. I, I was obsessed with it. Uh, check it out. It's oh my God, so I love funny. yours and Waisaki's. Oh, please. Okay. It's so good. Thank you. That one is great. Thank you. But that's in the, that's in the, so these are both in the Earwolf Presents feed. Exactly. You can find both of these shows. So just search for Earwolf Presents on your podcast app of choice and, uh, and catch all that. Oscar and Mono try to understand straight things and it is so fucking funny. (laughs) It is so good. (laughs) Two of the funniest. Oh, um, I feel like this is my job. When it's when it comes to this point in the show, when we have uh-huh. when we have a guest, because uh, I just know that like you guys, you, you probably just can't handle it, and that it's just like a tough thing to do. And I think it's fine that I take this on, um, just for us as as a unit, as a triforce of friendship. But um, Oscar, <laughs> um, it it brings me no great, it brings me no pleasure to do this to you at this time. But oh, you got played. <laughs> wow, nice. 